Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the final farewell to George Floyd here in Houston. The 46-year-old laid to rest as his casket is taken to the cemetery on a horse-drawn carriage. His family says Floyd wanted to change the world, and he has. When he took his last breath, the rest of us will now be able to breathe. Breaking news tonight, Floyd's former co-worker tells CBS News that fired officer Derek Chauvin had a history with Floyd. How well did he know him? I say pretty well. New video emerges of a black man in Austin who died in police custody, heard saying, I can't breathe. Only on CBS News, Joe Biden's revealing answer at the center of the debate on police reform. Do you believe there is systemic racism in law enforcement? An update in the case of two missing Idaho children. Human remains found on the stepdad's property. He's taken away in handcuffs tonight. The latest details. Out of the ICU. But the protester who was pushed by Buffalo police is still in the hospital why the president is attacking the 75-year-old. And tonight, we end with the story of a Minnesota police officer who took a knee and cried with protesters. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from Houston. Good evening, and thank you for joining us tonight from Houston, where George Floyd will be laid to rest next to his mother, after an emotional service today at the Fountain of Praise Church just right behind me. There was a stunning outpouring in the streets here late today as a horse-drawn carriage carried Floyd's body to the cemetery after his memorial. Hundreds of mourners came to this church in the blazing Texas heat to remember Floyd, 
whose death in police custody in Minneapolis set off nationwide protests. And tonight is galvanizing the country around issues of race and excessive force by police. That includes here in Houston, where the city's mayor vowed during today's service to sign an executive order banning police chokeholds. Tonight, CBS News has new reporting on the officer who held George Floyd's neck down for nearly nine minutes. CBS's Jeff Pegues has learned that Officer Derek Chauvin, who has been charged with second-degree murder, knew Floyd, and that they had a history of not getting along. Plus, there's more of my exclusive interview with former Vice President Joe Biden and whether George Floyd's death has changed what he's looking for in a running mate. Well, there's a lot of news to get to tonight, and we have a team of correspondents covering it all. CBS's Michelle Miller is going to lead up our coverage here in Houston. And Michelle, this was a powerful service here today. Powerful indeed. And we have to tell you, this was an invitation-only celebration of family, close friends, and dignitaries. But there were still scores of people outside watching the funeral live-streamed on their phones, handing out water to stay cool in this record-breaking heat, all to feel a connection with what was going on inside. With a salute from officers, George Floyd's casket was carried to the celebration of his life. And final goodbye. Floyd's family, who knew him best, talked about their brother, nephew, and uncle, and opened up about their pain. I thank God for giving me, giving me my own personal Superman. God bless you all. Floyd's niece, Brooke Williams, reflected on his final moments, which have become a global movement. Long as I'm breathing, justice will be served. I believe my grandmother was right there with open arms saying, come home, baby. You should have feel this pain. There were songs of change. A change gonna come, yes it will. First, a one-time anthem for the civil rights movement echoed through the hall. But forever's gone away. Then a tribute by singer Neo, who said Floyd changed the world. Vice President Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nominee for president, spoke by video message about conversations he'd had with Floyd's six-year-old daughter, Gianna. Why in this nation do too many black Americans wake up knowing that they could lose their life in the course of just living their life? Members of Congress and Oscar-winning actor Jamie Foxx were there among the 500 invited guests who listened to the eulogy given by the Reverend Al Sharpton. Lives like George will not matter until somebody pays the cost for taking their lives. Taken by horse-drawn carriage through the final mile to the burial site, where he'll lay next to the mother he cried out for with his final breaths. Within that four-hour-long ceremony, we watch not just the family of George Floyd inside the sanctuary, but the families of Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, and Ahmaud Arbery, who say they will work to stop these killings, Nora, from ever happening again. Michelle Miller, nice to see you here in Houston. Thank you, Michelle. And as mourners here in Houston honor the life of George Floyd in Minneapolis tonight, CBS News is learning new details about the former police officer charged in his death. A co-worker tells CBS News the two men worked together at a nightclub, and he says they had a history of not getting along. CBS's Jeff Begay's is in Minneapolis tonight with that new reporting. Jeff? Nora George Floyd died here, and that's why you still have this massive memorial filling this intersection behind me. And even in the rain, people are coming out to see it. 
And our reporting today shows that the victim in this case and the officer at the center of the investigation cross paths in another location too, a nightclub. Tonight, CBS News is learning new information about George Floyd and Derek Chauvin from a man who worked security with both of them at this nightclub in Minneapolis. Co-worker David Penny is breaking his silence, telling us that the two men had a history. What kind of history? They bumped heads. How? It has a lot to do with, with uh, Derek being uh, extremely aggressive within the club with some of the patrons, which, which, is, which was an issue. The Floyd family says it believes what happened on May 25th was in part personal. Is there any doubt in your mind that Derek Chauvin knew George Floyd? No, he knew him. How well? We interfaced with officers. How well did he know him? I say pretty well. Maya Santa Maria, the owner of the now Torch Club, described how Chauvin treated black patrons when she talked to us for the upcoming CBS News special, Justice for All. Do you think Derek had a problem with black people? I think he was afraid and intimidated. By black folks? Yeah. As the investigation continues, other cities across the country are considering police reforms. Today, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that he would support sweeping reform measures in his state, including a ban on police chokeholds. It's not just a moment to express outrage. It's a moment to do something about it and to make real reform and real change. City officials here in Minneapolis are discussing the possibility of defunding or dismantling the police department here. But even those who are in support of this idea still don't know exactly what that means at this time. Nora. Jeff Pegues, thank you. 165 miles northwest of here in Austin, Texas, video has surfaced of a deadly encounter between sheriff's deputies and an African-American man who was repeatedly tased while telling officers he couldn't breathe. The horrifying scene was recorded for a cable network police show, and we warn you, the video is disturbing. CBS's Maria Villarreal reports tonight from the Texas Capitol. Police body cam footage released by the Austin Police Department shows deputies from the Williamson County Sheriff's Office pursuing 40-year-old Javier Ambler during a 22-minute chase that included five crashes. This incident took place in March 2019. The deputies struggled with Ambler, a black man, for several minutes, tasing him several times as they tried to handcuff the former college football player who repeatedly told officers he couldn't breathe. When Ambler lost consciousness, officers started performing CPR for four minutes because they couldn't find a pulse. Ambler's death was ruled a homicide by the state's attorney general's office, which also noted that it was justifiable homicide. Travis County District Attorney Margaret Moore says her office's investigation into Ambler's death is being fought by the Williamson County Sheriff's Office. It cries out for justice. It's extremely offensive. All the circumstances surrounding it are very troubling. The Williamson County Sheriff's Department would not comment specifically about the Ambler case because they say it is still under investigation. But they wanted to clear up what they call misleading statements made by the Travis County District Attorney. They say they have fully cooperated with this investigation and they are calling on that reality show television program to release their footage of this incident. Nora? Really disturbing to see that, Medea. Thank you. 
And as the country grapples with issues of race and policing, members of the president's cabinet say they are not concerned that racism is ingrained in law enforcement. Well, as part of our exclusive interview for tonight's CBS News special, Justice for All, we asked former Vice President Joe Biden his thoughts. Do you believe there is systemic racism in law enforcement? Absolutely. But it's not just in law enforcement, it's across the board. It's in housing, it's in education, it's in everything we do. It's real, it's genuine, it's serious. Look, not all law enforcement officers are racist. My Lord, there's some really good, good cops out there. But the way in which it works right now, you know, we've seen too many examples of it. Mr. Vice President, you said you will announce your choice for vice president around August 1st. Have the last two weeks affected how you will make that decision and who you will choose? No, they haven't, except it's put a greater focus and urgency on the need to get someone who is totally simpatico with where I am. The one thing that I've learned has been the only thing I know a fair amount about is vice presidency. And uh, it's really important that whomever you pick as a vice president agrees with you in terms of your philosophy of government and agrees with you on the systemic things that you want to change and is, in fact, going to be able to be someone who is not at all intimidated by the president, not at all intimidated walking into the White House, and is going to be prepared to give their unvarnished opinion and be able to privately argue with the president if they disagree. I want someone strong. I want someone strong and someone who, can, who is ready to be president on day one. There's more of our interview with Joe Biden and his proposed police reforms in our CBS News primetime special, Justice for All. That's anchored by Gail King. That is tonight at 10, 9 central, right here on CBS. Today, President Trump had no public events, but he did tweet an attack against a 75-year-old protester. And that tonight is drawing strong criticism from Democrats, as well as Republican Mitt Romney, who called it shocking. CBS's Weijia Zhang reports tonight from the White House. Tonight, 75-year-old Martin Gugino is still recovering in the hospital after two Buffalo police officers shoved him last Thursday. Gugino fell to the ground. Blood flowed from his ears. But President Trump is claiming it may have been an act. This morning, the president pushed a conspiracy theory without evidence, suggesting Gugino could be an Antifa provocateur who appeared to scan police communications in order to black out the equipment. The president added, I watched. He fell harder than was pushed. Could be a setup. It's all made up. It's all fabricated. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said there's no reason to doubt Gugino, who is a peace activist and has been praised for his work with the poor. Cuomo slammed the president. At this moment of anguish and anger, what does he do? Pours gasoline on the fire. Do you have any response to the president's tweet this morning? Does on Capitol Hill, several Republicans tried to avoid commenting on Mr. Trump's claims. Utah's Mitt Romney, a frequent critic of President Trump, did yeah, say this. It was uh, a shocking thing to say, and I won't dignify it with any further comment. President Trump has not said what, if any, police reforms he would support, but today his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and advisor Jared Kushner met with Republican lawmakers to talk about proposals. Meadows says the president would like to take action sooner than later, but has no time frame. Nora? Weijia Zhang at the White House, thank you. 
Today, voters in Georgia were met with long lines and confusion at polling places as they tried to cast ballots in the state's primary elections. There are already calls for an investigation, while the mayor of Atlanta is warning that this could be a preview of the general election in November. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. From the air, you could see long lines of Georgia voters, socially distanced, stretching through parking lots. Thousands waited hours to cast ballots, and frustration was evident. Please, God, help us! Georgia, a key battleground state in November, had rescheduled its primary twice because of the coronavirus pandemic. Health concerns kept many longtime poll workers from showing up today, leaving inexperienced volunteers to run new voting machines for the first time. We're just being told it's a situation with the machinery. I don't think it's the new machines. I do think that there is systematic disenfranchisement of specific communities. NBA great LeBron James called the voting problems structurally racist. Georgia has a history of voter suppression, and some had to show up in person today because their requests for an absentee ballot weren't fulfilled. You can't blame anyone else on our lack of processing these applications. That's, that's on us. Republican lawmakers and the Secretary of State said they'll investigate. Can you guarantee voters of Georgia that this won't happen again in November? We're going to work hard on getting the information out. We've had great results. We've had a handful that just, you know, I've had some major failures today. Ed O'Keefe, CBS News, Washington. In Idaho tonight, there could be a major break in the case of two missing children who haven't been seen for nearly nine months. Their stepfather is now in custody after investigators made a grisly discovery on his property. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti, who's been following this case. Tonight, Chad Daybell taken away in handcuffs, investigators digging in his backyard. The latest twist in a months-long search for 8-year-old JJ and 17-year-old Tylee. The uh, investigators and detectives have recovered what's believed to be human remains that are uh, not identified at this time. Rexburg police say those human remains are now being analyzed. CBS News has learned 20 members of the FBI are now scouring the property. It's the second search of his Idaho home. This stunning development's happening more than three months after Daybell's wife, Lori Vallow, was arrested for defying a court order to prove her kids were alive. These are the last images of J.J. who disappeared on September 23rd. His sister, Tylee, last seen earlier that month in Yellowstone National Park. Vallow and Daybell married in November, shortly after Daybell's then-wife, Tammy, suddenly died. Her death is under investigation. The newlyweds moved to Hawaii without the children. Vallow was extradited to Idaho in March. Police confirmed today's search warrant pertains to the disappearance of the two kids and that charges against Daybell are pending. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News. This is an emotional time for so many in our country, but for an officer in St. Paul, Minnesota, the pain and frustration is extremely personal. CBS's Jamie Yukis shares his story. Officer Antoine Denson remembers the moment he decided to become a police officer. He was 12 years old, waiting for the school bus when a white officer pulled up. The whole entire bus stop was black. He searched every single one of us. And so I took it upon myself to try to make a difference for my people. Those memories flooded back to him last week as he stood among the protesters in front of the governor's mansion. The crowd yelled for the police to leave. You can't come in here. You're not welcome. A news reporter caught Denson in the light blue shirt on one knee crying. 
I, I told him I can't take my skin off. You know, I can say I can take this uniform off, but I can't take my I'm, I'm a black man. It was in this instance, Officer Denson says he felt the pressure of being a black man in a police uniform. You know, I have family members that could have been George Floyd. And just because I'm a police officer, I'm a black police officer, does not define who I am. But it does motivate him. Where do things go for you now? We have to, you know, talk to people, um, understand people, listen. The hardest thing as a law enforcement officer is to remove your ego, slow down and analyze what is truly going on. And now he wants to be sure black voices are heard within the Brotherhood in Blue. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, St. Paul. Tonight right here on CBS, Gail King hosts Justice for All, a special exploring racism and police brutality. That's tonight at 10 p.m. 9 central. And if you can't watch this CBS Evening News Live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell from Houston. Hope to see you tomorrow from Washington. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.